0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to a French Village podcast. I'm Sarah Longwell, and you are not going to believe this, but as our Christmas present to you from me and Ben, you may have heard that a couple weeks ago we were invited to sit down with members of the cast of the French Village as well as the producer. We have two episodes that we're going to release that are conversations. This is the first of those two with Emmanuel Dulce, who is the producer and showrunner on the French Village. I I gotta say, it is just, it was the craziest thing when the the French embassy reached out to us. They are giving the show an award and they've brought some of the, the producers and the actors to town, to DC, to receive the award at the French embassy. And they, uh, they came and said hi. And so I want you to listen to the first of the two. This is our conversation with Emmanuel Dasse, And uh, we will be releasing our second episode with Marie Kramer, who played Lucienne, and Constance Dahl, who played Suzanne, in a second episode. I hope you enjoy it.
1: So thanks for joining us. I want to start by just asking you about the genesis of the show and how you... How you where the idea for, uh, for a, a show that did what this what you tried to do here depict this kind of historical detail about an episode
2: this painful, uh, that's how do you get an idea? That's a long story. So I'll try to make it short. Uh, I was a student in uh, in a film school uh, at La Femme City State Film School, and uh, I want I saw the. HBO shows. It was beginning of 2000. What's your
0: favorite HBO show?
2: uh, Sopranos, probably. It's a great choice. And suddenly I realized I wanted to do TV series. Um, I mean, uh, something that could be popular and political. Whereas if you want to be really popular in French cinema, you do a comedy uh, with a famous actor. Or in the U.S., you do someone with a cape and, uh, uh, and leggings, and, uh, and that's a real indictment <laughs> of America, <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I so you did <laughs> Danielle <Archer. And>, Lache. <laughs> it was neither. No. <laughs> uh, and uh, and so I I was thinking, yes, uh, I I'd like to become a TV pro- TV producer doing series series d'auteur. like you've got cinema d'auteur I wanted to do series d'auteur so, having someone who's got a strong point of view, and also is a, a trained uh, screenwriter, whereas in Cinema Doctor is he's a, a, a good director with, uh, with a, that is also an author. I wanted to do the same thing, not inventing anything, just copying The Sopranos, copying, copying HBO shows. And I was thinking, well, all these HBO shows are feature film genre that are made into TV series. Sopranos is a mafia that is, uh, what is the mafia in The Sopranos? This is the real life of mafia. So is a big guy depressed in New Jersey. Uh, what is uh, Western? This is Deadwood. This is not the legend you print. This is a reality. What is the Peplum? That is Rome. So if I want to do a show in France, copying The Sopranos, I should think the same way, but I'm not doing what HBO does with m- much more talent, and much more money. So I have to think about a genre that is really specific to France. And this is the occupation. You, know, you, you see, I was thinking as a producer, I was talking about business in a way, I'm not talking about. Uh, of course, this period, the, the German occupation was very important for me as all the French of my generation, because our parents, our grandparents, Keep talking about it. My my grandmother during my childhood was just she never talked about something that occurred after 1945 because she lost her, her mother at that time uh, during the war and she was blocked and so she was keeping repeating all the, all the time. I was fed up with this and like most of the French were living in the German occupation still in their mind in a way that. My thinking as a producer was more thinking the kind of genre. Uh, This is really specific to France, the the occupation, German occupation film. This is La Grande Vadrouille, this is Monsieur Klein, there there are many very popular. And when I I, I wrote the first pitch document that we sent to to France Television, it was starting by all the films. Under the uh, that deals with the occupation worked on the screen. It always it always, always worked. So what that was the beginning of the idea. And um, I wanted to do a show that lasts many seasons so that uh, you can and d'auteur and so that you can deal with everyday life and you can have much more subtle way of seeing, What happened at that time, like in my mind, it was like living in a nightmare. Suddenly, the fascists take the power. What do you do? And I started working in a TV company that was doing not very good TV series, but very popular TV series. And I had the chance to read Frederic Crivin. At that time, I was reading lots of scripts. And when I read a script from Frederic, I thought, okay, this is the person I, I would love to meet enough to, to work with and I uh, perchance I heard that he, he was not an historian but he knew very well the second World War that he was very fond of it and um, I was thinking of uh, changing of company uh, moving to another production company and when I met the, the who is now my associate I told him I, I'd be really happy to meet you and, and, and to work with you if I can do a show that would be called' en Village français that would be written by Frédéric Crivin, that I never met yet. And he should be a showrunner of the show. Uh, He should be a co-producer. At that time, no French company were proposing this kind of deals with uh, with writers. Because uh, they didn't have, and it's still true in France, lots of, uh, we really love cinema, it's very important. So as Godard say when you watch TV, you, you're not looking up, you're looking down. It's not very important. And the thinking doing a série d'auteur, it's pretty unusual in a way. starting better, uh, thanks also to, to the HBO show, so, uh, again. And so uh, this started that way. Uh, and, and I say, can you pr- present, introduce me to Frédéric? So he introduced me to Frédéric. And Frederick was immediately saying, "Well, that could that could really interest me. I don't have time. I don't really don't have time. But maybe one day I could be interested in that." Uh, so what you could do is write the pitch document, and then we'll talk about it. So I started doing research, uh, reading a lot, reading Paxton, reading Jean-Pierre Azema, and, and starting writing the pitch document. Discussing with Frederick Grévin, Sent it to Front Television, written by me, very small, and consultant Frederic being very big, <laughs> <laughs> and and we sold the show. So I could come back to Frederic and, and tell him, well, now we've got money. Do you want to write this show and you want to co-produce it? And then he said he said yes and started writing. And we kept the idea of a village français. Obviously, we kept the whole DNA of the show, but he he rewrote. Oh, that was good. That was a good thing for the real older <laughs> characters. Older. That's that's what uh, I I never wanted to be a, a screenwriter. I have too much respect for that.
0: So it it didn't have anything to do with the current political moment because I think one of the reasons it it spoke to us and that I think maybe one of the reasons it's so popular in the United States is that we're going through a very specific political moment with Donald Trump uh, and. Uh, I think there's – I think we've always looked at the show as a bit of a – it's not the same, but there's a – there's an, it's a meditation on complicity to some degree, right? How do people evaluate how they behave in this extreme circumstance? Uh, and we've seen a lot of that going on in the United States as people decide how to engage with Donald Trump, many of whom have completely sort of betrayed their values, things they know to be right in order to support him. And so that's one of the reasons I think the show – I don't think we would have made a podcast about just any show. Part of it is because we're both very interested in politics. We're engaged in politics uh, in the United States. And the show spoke to us on that level. And I guess I'm surprised to hear that the politics of the moment, potentially in France and the United States, although it would have. Because when did you start making it? It was.
2: It was 2004. So, in a way, uh, uh, my main goal as a producer, and I'm. Pretty sure Frederick would answer the same. They were entertainers. We want to have an audience that is feels captivated. And uh, for me, for, from the beginning, was my interest in the show was lots to do with, uh, let's say, the humanity, the complexity of humanity. That was. And also, uh, it's a nightmare when the fascists take power and what happens. And, and at that time in France, 2002, Jean Marie Le Pen was uh, in the deuxième tour de, of the presidential election, which is a, was a shock because last time we had uh, an extreme right government in France was uh, during Vichy. And for a long time, it was such a shame that they were kept really quiet. Uh, and starting in 2002, less quiet, and less and less quiet. And now today, as you know, there are presidential elections, and we have got characters. Uh, we have got a Zemmour, which is kind of a Trump today in France. Right? Uh, and I hope he won't be a president, but I, I, I'm sure in 2016, you never believed Trump could be a president. So uh, I, can't, I can't even imagine Zemmour can be a president. But... What's happened with this show is I think it's um, it's an universal. We all have a feeling some per- people live in a country that uh, uh, have a dictator uh, at, the, at the head of the countries, but we all f- fear from that, and we all feel that it could happen, it could happen again, and uh, you don't have to do hands-made unsma- still. You just have to watch uh, what happened in the 40s, and you understand what's, what it's all about. It's very strange that the uh, fourth season, we, we, we talk about all the French people who just had, didn't care at all about what have, was happening to the Jews. But something really, uh, what we understand from the diaries of, of French citizens, that brought us this story, that, that this vision of historian, that the French were shocked by um, children being separated from their families with entire families being deported. The, the Germans didn't want the children to be with their parents because it was too many problems to to deal with. So they asked the, the French police to to separate. Uh, and that was something that is that was disturbing for the French. And Trump did that. Uh, so, so the echo of... of uh, I, I, During all that time when I was doing Un Village Français, I could see the echo with the world, with the rise of uh, extremism. Yes, of course. I
1: mean, one of the interesting things about the show time-wise is that it straddles the period of Trump's rise so that, you know, it starts out, it's what the first episodes are, were
2: run in 2013, right? The first episode, no, shot in 2008 and, and uh, broadcasted in 2009. Something.
1: And, and when was the end of the when, when were When were you Tuesday. filming and writing the end of the show? 2017 yeah so so it ends after the very sort of deep awareness that a le Pen figure Trump is complicated a little bit not like le pen in in some ways but but very much in the 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 same mold did that make it feel more immediate that this was? Happening in Poland, happening in Hungary, happening in the United States,
2: that Le Pen had uh, come reasonably mm. close to. Again, um, uh, um, shame Frederick can be there, but uh, I don't think it, it's like Frederick comes from a family that is really political. His family is, uh, is well known uh, far left. Uh, Alain Crivin was uh, one of the leaders of May 68. So he's been really uh, living, his education was really political. Uh, 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 Frédéric is not a, a far left. Uh, he's kind of a uh, misfit in his, in, in his family of, uh, of extreme, extreme left. Uh, but we had this in mind. We knew uh, doing a show, uh, being watched by millions of people in France and hopefully in the, in the whole world, uh, is political. When you're doing A Village Francais that deals with the German occupation, it is talking about the extreme right. And again, in France, 2002 is a big shock. And we say, oh, can't, it's possible. It's coming back again. It's not possible. We can't even imagine it. So we were always living in this. But we don't want to feel, I don't know how, should, how should I should have put it. We don't want to sound too... Uh, we are not that important. We're not uh, uh, changing the world. We are not... uh, We are just doing a TV show, you know? Uh,
0: Were you surprised? Was it... Because it was a big hit in France.
2: Yes, it was a big hit. It
0: was a big hit. When... Were you surprised that it was so popular?
2: No, because I was very young and I was very arrogant. (laughs) And I was saying, okay, all the shows on the occupation will work. It was the first line of my pitch document. Um... No, I was very happy because I knew when the first season worked very well, uh, it was on that night, it, w- it was number one in France and uh, was reprised by the critics. And uh, I thought, for once, it looked like a show, me, myself, as a, a viewer, I would have watched. And uh, as a producer, I keep doing this, uh, at least trying to do shows I would watch. Um, uh, and I was very happy because I knew it wouldn't, won't be a miniseries because if it didn't work the first season, the f- sixth first episode, that would have been another miniseries uh, dealing with what happened in 1940 and that's it. At uh, that time, I knew I had the chance to work with Frédéric Révin and Philippe Tribois for... Probably many years because that's what happened on TV. First, you have to to fight with a broadcaster and try to defend your point of view, but they pay, so you're not you're not really at ease. And when you've got good ratings, the power is in your hand. You just have to use it carefully and responsibly.
0: Here's the thing I've I've been dying to know: How big is Villeneuve supposed to be?
2: Villeneuve, it's um, it's it's keep. Changing for the need of the fiction. First, I called it Un Village Francais because Un Village. You know, it's so French. This, there was this very famous François Mitterrand uh, uh, for the second presidential 1988 ad. With a, it was La Force Tranquille. You could see François Mitterrand. There was a village uh, at the, the back. And that was what I had in my mind. On the first posters of A uh, Village Francais, it's uh, all our characters. And there's the, 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 the small village with the church. Uh, so that was the idea. When we started doing research, what happened in a village from, in, a, in a French village at that time? Nothing. Forty something happens, one dead, forty-four another dead. That's it. <laughs> so we we don't we are not going to call un village française That doesn't sound good. That's nobody understands really. A village that sounds good. Uh, and so it's a village. No, everybody knows each other. And suddenly it's a small town. Um, would be a town of 20,000 person
0: around 20,000. Yeah. Okay. That's a good size. Cause I, when you're watching the show, there's this element of sometimes people obviously know each other yeah. and other times it's like, Oh, I've never seen this person before in yeah. my life. Uh, and we were constantly trying to talk on the podcast to figure out how big do you think this town is? Cause it's big enough to be cut in half by yeah. this bridge. Uh, 20,000 sounds about right.
2: The the way you watch it and on your podcast is uh, really, really interesting to me. And uh, I thought uh, it's a tremendous work you're you're doing, doing this podcast. Uh, And sometimes uh, you analyze it really precisely, really historically. You're very precise. Well, we are not as precise. It's not because we don't care. It's just that we are doing fiction. And and and, um, and and some even evolution of the characters. We just we think it's good for the story. It's not good if you if you go and see a psychiatrist and you tell him, is it is it the right uh, person? No, no. He won't, he won't validate it. We know it, but we think it's good for the story, so we do it.
1: And yet, the amount of historical research in the writing of that show is extraordinary. Um, And I would find that I would watch the episodes and then I would go through history books looking for the source material. And of course, I I don't read French, so, you know, I'm looking at English language histories of, of the occupation. And I would find the, even for very small events, the historical event on which the material is based... Who did that research? And I mean, it felt to me like you had a team of historians working mm. on the scripts.
2: Um, no, there wasn't a team of historians. There was uh, a writing room with uh, every, every writers in the room were reading lots uh, concerning each season. And there was Frederick. Frederick knew very well the period and is a really hard worker. When he's digging into a subject, he's digging deeply. And we were working with Jean-Pierre Azema, who was, was a historical consultant. Jean-Pierre is not only uh, a medal, say, oh, Jean-Pierre Azema approved it, okay, that's good. Uh, Jean-Pierre Azema was really working on the show. Each, each season was decided uh, during powows, I never assisted in between uh, Frédéric and Jean-Pierre saying, okay, what we do this season. This is kind of a negotiation, very interesting negotiation between a screenwriter and an historian, how they meet together and, and share the same vision um, because they all have their own vision and they had to agree on it because it was very important for Jean-Pierre that is if his name is associated to, to our village français that is, is is really accurate. So there were negotiations about many small aspects that Jean-Pierre was saying, okay, we don't care about that. It's not very important. This is not a britary or a history, the, the famous example, because we, we say it a lot uh, in interviews. And we had problem with the broadcaster, I was saying it's not possible that uh, Lucienne, uh, interpreted by Marie, who is there, uh, uh, gets her, her, her kids out of the school in the first episode. It's not possible it's because... She wouldn't do that because Germans are coming and she wouldn't do that because no French teacher was ever doing this in the 40s you, you don't you, this is an idea of the 60s 70s doing this with with your school uh, you, you, you don't take this kind of this is not the way you educate kids at that time but we thought it was interesting for the drama uh, and, and and we wanted to have uh, kids killed and it was easier for us to get them killed in a field that in the school because I mean bombing the school, and I don't have the money to bomb the school. So this is a discussion with, with Jean-Pierre. I say, who cares? Really, who cares? Broadcaster cares, because he says it's not good. In fact, the broadcaster uses the history to say, I don't want this scene to happen, because I don't think this scene is good for uh, the audience. Because what is doing Lucienne when the kids are, are, are killed? She does nothing. And that's something that's it's unbearable for most of uh, broadcasters. A hero has to do something. And this is very something very particular about Un uh, Village Français. And it was very popular, but strangely popular, because what can Daniel Larcher do about all this? Nothing. He's totally powerless. And that is a pretty um, real way of seeing things. We are quite often powerless, and I think during the... Years you lived through the Trump administration, you must have felt this quite often. And but this is not something you you want to tell in a story. Usually, usually the hero wins at the end and, and manages to save the world.
0: So, do you feel like there's no heroes in your story?
2: There are heroes. There are small heroes, but uh, uh, ambiguous heroes. To me, the, the hero that is most clearer is probably Suzanne. The character of Suzanne is the one who is the closest because she's pure in a way yeah. but pure no more pure uh, uh, the character of Marie uh, Marie-Germain is a strange hero and she she wants to die in a way uh, the way she' is killed I mean that's she that's what she wants so this is a heroic character but I don't feel close to her
0: that's wait. Sarah feels close to her. I do feel close to her. I love Marie. I want to talk about some of the, the choices you made in the show. Well, you just said that Marie, you feel like she wants to die in that moment. It's interesting. I always felt that that moment was more about Marchetti and making sure that we, there was no ambiguity in what a bad guy he was and making mm-hmm. sure that he was going to be punished uh, both by the audience and by the show. But you say, I, you're right, because we debated that scene because um, it was devastating. It was very yeah. hard to lose Marie. Uh, but but you're saying it was part of her, she wanted to die? T- tell me why.
2: What I love about the writing of Frédéric Grévin is that you can relate to the characters very strongly. They feel very human. and um, But they are not that clear. You know, there is always, and this is uh, real... Uh, Good definition of humanity, I think. There's something always a kind of mystery. And we, we don't want to say, she wants to die, she wants to die. We were thinking in the editing room, because there's writing, there's what the actors and actresses give us in the shooting and uh, do with the directors, and then there's editing. And this is during editing, we finally discuss all of this. And yes, the way we edited the show was saying, in a way, she wants to die. In a way, she she did all this, and she, she can't imagine. Uh, she doesn't want to live the a life after the war. This is something that won't be bearable for her. And she's she's testing marketing to know are you able to to go that far and unconsciously, I, I think she wants to die. This is. My interpretation, discussing in the editing room, that's what we, we try to do, but it's not that clear again. One of the things that I found really interesting about the
1: show and that resonates with a lot of the political activity that that Sarah has led in the United States and that I've been involved in is the depiction of the alliance functional alliance between the Gaullist conservatives, the democratic socialist forces, and the very non-democratic socialist forces. And we've had an experience over the last five years, and, you know, the office that you're sitting in is an expression of that, of a kind of cross-ideological pro-democratic coalition that is people who are maybe quite conservative in in orientation, like Sarah, or quite left-wing, who are functionally allied under a kind of protect democracy banner. And one of the interesting things about the show, from my point of view, is just a depiction of a, a different moment in history in which that kind of alliance materialized or was necessitated by circumstances and I'm I'm curious for your thoughts on it to what extent when you were depicting that were you I mean obviously you're making a television show for entertainment not a political prescription but but how how much were you thinking about things that need to happen in 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 modern times?
2: Um, I'm not sure I can answer. Um, I totally understand what you what you're aiming at, but in in my point of view, we wanted to get rid of the first of the goalist view, view that uh, it was uh, resistance and the the, we, the it was a country of resistance. Then we wanted to get rid of the the view of in the seventies that it was a country of collaborators, and try to have. A honest view of what happened and saying yes uh, what what went out of these um, hard times and uh, that created uh, the society we live in and which is I think uh, French society is uh, the, it's the model of the society of in France is uh, it's a good model a model which that is come from from a le comité national de la résistance and that is very important and something we should protect and we should uh, defend and probably in France we're forgetting about it uh, today uh, of the benefits the 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 strength of this of this model
0: so can I I want to go back to some of the choices you made on the show because I have a, a bunch of questions about uh how the characters evolved, why you decided to do certain things. I have a lot of opinions about the fact that many of the children disappeared as the story evolved. Kids that were introduced at the beginning uh do like Takehiro, he's there and then he's gone. <laughs> Is that was that just like we can't write these kids all the time, and it was and a bit
2: of that because uh, you, when a kid, you when you have a kid, uh, you can't shoot more than four hours per day per day, so yeah. that makes it very difficult.
0: And Suzanne, did Suzanne start out having two kids, and then yes. ultimately <laughs> just have one? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 there are a few Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. that's yeah. mostly me telling a joke because I would focus on it sometimes on the yes. show, like, wait, wait, where did these kids go? Sometimes
2: we uh, were, we were a bit uh, okay. We. We don't know how to do it.
0: <laughs> but I want to talk about Lucienne because we have uh, Marie here and we're going to get to talk about uh, – we're going to get to talk to her. Uh, but the you said that's so interesting that you started with that scene uh, because I think the show kicks off with this inexplicable scene where – and you're introduced to Lucienne and you spend it so frustrated with her. Like the, she's a frustrating character on the show because she makes a lot of decisions that seem – You're just like, why why are you making that decision? Don't fall in love with the German soldier. Wait, don't murder your husband. Don't fall in love with a priest. Wait, why are you doing all these things? Uh, Tell me your vision for the character of Lucien.
2: Uh, The character of Lucien is uh, obviously one of the most complex masochist character. uh, Masochist, yeah. Masochist character uh, in the show. This is something you... I had the chance to read a lot of scripts of Frederick and uh, this is something that comes back quite often in his uh, character, in his uh, writing. I know that uh, the character of Lucien is someone, is a character uh, Frederick feels very close to, very uh, intimate with. And this, this was a, a character that was someone who was really at the heart of the concept because she has got nothing to do with politics. She's got nothing to do with history. With a big history, she's just living everyday life, and she's keep doing mistakes because she can't think. Uh, she can't think what's happening next, which was exactly what we wanted to do in the show. It's not a show with characters knowing that the German in the end will will, will go with that the Shoah existed, and it's it's a, a show where the Germans arrive in the first episode. And guess what? In the second episode, they're still there and be there. I don't know what uh, for how long, and and this character for me embodies that. She's just uh, not thinking; she doesn't have this uh, this feeling. And it's very, um, it was very funny for us to to say that in the end, the last season, she's the one who survived all of them, and she's a memory of all that. And she's starting to adapting the memory. And she, she's supposed to be one of the first resistance in uh, Villeneuve. Of course, she did an act of resistance, but which is was pretty much for a love affair.
1: <laughs> and one of the other really interesting choices you make is to make Müller one of the most electrifying characters in the mm. show. And I imagine that you had at least some anxiety about doing that, that you put out a show there where the person who the entire audience cannot take their eyes off every time he's on Mm. screen, is the SS war criminal. And he's charismatic, he's highly intelligent, he's insightful, he's a sadist, and I'm just curious about your thinking about doing that. I thought it was one of the most interesting choices in the show, and uh, it's an incredible performance.
2: But it must have been a scary decision to make. It was a scary decision, but... um Responsible decision. Well, Sometimes in the editing room, we just cut where it was too much. We were feeling too close. It was too empathic. Um, empathic. It yes. was mm-hmm. was too good. The actors were too good also. Richard Samuel is a brilliant actor. Yeah. And uh, we, we were saying, oh, stop, stop. Uh, no music. Because it, we were people good. like him too much. Yeah, yeah. People like him too much. But it was very interesting for us to say, okay, let's depict a Nazi. He's a psychopath, obviously. There's no, no doubt about it. But he's got a human part or so. It's too easy to say uh, the evil is far from us. We don't recognize it. We It's so different from us. It was. It's interesting in this show, which is about humanity, about the complexity of humanity, about the gray area between good and evil, to have the figure of evil and make it human, still human. Uh, we, we saw so many Nazis and they're, they're crazy guys and say there is a part of, uh, of uh, this kind of Miller character in, uh, in me probably.
0: And what about Hortense? Uh, what, is, what was... I, I want to ask actually about later Hortense but before we get to later Hortense what was your vision for somebody like Hortense? Why does she love this incredibly evil sadistic person?
2: Uh, Hortense is, um, to me, it's a really romantic character in a way. She's just she's uh, Madame Bovary. She's so fed up with uh, this life in this small village, with people, with with the, her husband, who is a really nice guy, very responsible. But it's not really fun, is it? Uh, you 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 you're not you're, you're not laughing every day, and she's she's just she's just doesn't know what to do with her life and she's trying to invent her a new life and uh, this uh, knight coming from germany is uh, is much more fun and she has fun with him and it uh, and and she lives an adventure with him uh, she has a life at last and that's why i, I think she she behaves the way she behaves
0: just into some really fast questions who do you think is more evil hortense or janine janine
2: um, in a way, Janine is uh, someone who is politically, she is a real collaborator. And uh, to me, she's the one I hate. She's the one I should fight. Uh, um, we know that Hortense is crazy. She, she's she's not, uh, to, in my mind, she's not really responsible for our acts. Whereas, whereas Janine is truly uh, the kind of... Uh, of collaborator you could find in your you know everyday life uh, the political opponents you can find yeah
0: you don't know that but you agree with me that is also my (laughs) position we argued about that a lot I agree with that did you always know Hortense was going to be crazy because I will tell you I found maddening the scenes of her later where she's Mm. in the mental institution uh, because I felt like it did allow her to evade too much responsibility for who she was Uh, why did you make that choice
2: um we didn't know she was schizophrenica when starting the show. The psychiatrist would say, okay, you're, it's not coherent what you're doing. She shouldn't be that way. We just felt that she was a good um, way of expressing what happened to France at that time, in the 70s, that uh, a, a story you haven't been told, a, a past you don't want to talk about. What does it give you? It, the France at that time was probably completely crazy, completely schizophrenic, you say? Yeah. yeah. And That's why I thought it was interesting to do that. And it was also a way, we we had a problem, real problem to entertain people. As soon as the Germans leave town, this is more or less the end of the show. We knew it. Uh, and, and there is a civil war after, the, which is very interesting. But after, there is no conflict anymore, nothing. And we decided to do the final season. We didn't need to do it. We could have stopped after the, the sixth season. We didn't need to do seventh season. But we didn't want to say bye-bye to the character that way. And we thought it was very interesting to do a show that deals with history and memory, and say, what do you remember of what happened? I thought, I th- to me, in the end, it's probably my my favorite season uh, because I thought it was really. But this is more brainy in a way, and less uh, popular probably.
1: So I'm curious, what you're working on now, and uh, what, what what do you do after? That,
2: that was a question. I had time to, to think about it because uh, I, I knew the German were going to leave. So I had, time to, <laughs> I had time to, and I was obsessed with, you have to, when you're doing a TV series, you know if the last season is not very good and maybe lots of your audience will revalue the whole, the whole show. So it was, I was sad, but I was relieved. And we had the last shot. The last shot we did was uh, Daniel Larcher uh, dying. Uh, that was really moving. And uh, it was the second s- uh, show I produced, uh, on Villa so you know the, the chance of the beginner? Uh, maybe you are. So it's, since then, I produced other shows. Uh, one, we are finishing a show with Frédéric Révin, uh, which is called Sentinel. It's about the French army uh, that is actually uh, fighting uh, ISIS in uh, uh, Africa. It's kind of a, what are we doing there? Is that colonial is uh, um, French uh, soldiers, some of them are Muslim. What are they, who are they fighting over there? It's seen from far. It's very easy to see, again, the good and the bad. But when you're fighting over there, it's much more difficult. So this is a, a show. Uh, we are finishing it. We, we will be end next year. I'm also doing a show, another period show, with a, a writer who is called Fabien Nury. He is a comic book writer. Uh, and he's, he's got a totally different approach of history, but the kind of the same theme in a way. Uh, he did a movie about the death of Stalin, uh, shot by Yanucci And they, they, we are doing a show called Paris Police 1900, so I don't have to pitch the, the show. The first the, the, the first season was uh, during the Dreyfus Affair, lots of antisemitism at that time, the craziness of antisemitism in France. It's about the dog DNA of France. Uh, and the, the second season in 1905, it's based on true events with uh, historical characters and also, a cop show, a historical and political show. It's on Canal Plus. It's been aired on BBC Four uh, a month ago. It's pretty good success. I'm very happy with the, with this show, and um, I also do comedy.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you haven't said anything funny yet. What? No, is because uh, <laughs> I'm not funny. <laughs> so wait but let me do you think that it is uh so we made a whole podcast like many many episodes about your show do you think that we're like crazy stalkers or are you flattered by it which (laughs) Uh, i'm
2: i'm really i'm really flattered by it and and really i i I know that the show gained the heart a lot of People. We, we did a lot of screenings all over f- uh, of France, and uh, you could meet a lot of persons that were feeling very close to the show, that felt intimate with the show. I met people saying, okay, look, I've got a baby. Her name is Suzanne. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and it was really impressive. And in fact, that's what I wanted to do. When you're a producer of a show, you want it to be popular, of course, but... You want it, in a way, it's kind of responsibility. I have the chance to be in my place. Uh, I'm a rich, educated uh, white man uh, working on TV. So trying to do shows that mean something to people, that helps discussing and having this... um, Working in culture is kind of a, a, a responsibility. So it's so great when you feel that... At your place, you you managed to to bring a little bit of uh, discussing, uh, arguing, which is democracy in a
0: way. Well, it meant a lot to us. Uh, so I watched the whole thing twice <laughs> uh, during a very busy time politically. Uh, but because it was because the show really, you know, it's one of those it does have echoes, and it it said so much to me about the moment that we were in, um, and so I drew a lot from it and.
1: Uh, and Sarah persuaded me to watch it after the first time. Uh, I'm the she biggest did.
0: evangelist for your <laughs> show in America. I, I tell everybody I, they have to that. watch
2: it. So I, w- I wanted to tell you also something that um, we've been working on with Frederic since a few f- few months now. We were really sensible about knowing that in the US, uh, people like you loved it and very, were very interested. And one day, Brand um, de Palma went, uh, came to France, came to Paris. And in an interview, he said, uh, what are you looking at the moment? Probably because he was in France. He said, I'm looking à Village Francais. My, my wife told, persuaded me to watch à Village Francais, and I watched it twice because I really love the show. And so we met Juan de Palma, and now we are trying to work with him uh, on, with a, an American studio on, the, on a show that is exactly the same DNA of village français It's kind of a format of village français but based in 1861 in Kentucky, <laughs> um, which is, would be a story that deals with black and white. Not with the, the, the north and the south, not with the gray and the blue, but about black and white. Obviously, you you understand knowing very well uh, what is Village say, how it's difficult to sell, how it's difficult to create, but that's what, something we are working on at the moment. Frédéric is writing with Ben the Palma, the pilot. We'll try to find some money in the US. Probably it's very difficult because this is the kind of story you don't want to talk about today. It's not possible to talk about it. And you know you have a problem not being able to talk about it. So we'll try to do it. If it's not in the US, we'll try to do it in Europe. Far less money, but we are, I think that's a very interesting show to make. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Yeah, thanks for, this is awesome. Thank you.